Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and send a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and he will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie out in the mail. Today we are talking top 10 impact transfers for the Pac-12 football conference in 2023, but with us talking Pac-12, I'd be remiss if I didn't start with uh, perhaps the biggest news story of the day. Uh, Rumors started flying out early this morning, uh, mid-morning, that uh, there there could be some some true uh, momentum for Colorado to head back to the Big 12, and then uh, late this afternoon, we saw reports from ESPN's Pete Thamel and then eventually uh, Action Network's Brett McMurphy that uh, there was some real potential for Colorado to make the move back to the Pac-12, or back to the Big 12, rather. And uh, shortly shortly after those things started to, to roll out, Brett McMurphy confirmed that the Colorado Buffaloes will leave the Pac-12 and join the Big 12 once again uh, after leaving the conference in 2011. Now, if you're not aware, uh, the Buffaloes were in the Big 12 from 1996 to 2000 and, uh, 2011, and uh, this is something that uh, kind of shocks the entire world here uh, as far as college football goes, but is it really that shocking? Uh, we, we've been watching this story unfold, it seems, for months now as the Pac-12 struggles to get any kind of media rights deal done, uh, any legitimate media rights deal done. And we've reached the point where it's been over a year since since negotiations opened up. So uh, at this point, what's really surprising? Is it surprising that Colorado waited this long? Or is it more surprising that uh, they are actually leaving? I think the argument could be made. My question is, what happens now? Is Colorado the only school that's going to to pull out of the, of the Pac-12? Uh, my first guess would be no. I would imagine that there are uh, others kind of jumping at, at their first chance at a lifeboat at this point, which is really what you have to do in this situation if you're the Pac-12 schools. Um, with, one, with one team jumping ship, uh, you, you have to wonder who is going to be next or who potentially could be next. Um, and look, I do expect the, the Pac-12 to try and do its best, obviously, to stay afloat by adding teams like San Diego State and SMU. But uh, my, I just don't know that that really changes. I don't know that that changes things. Um, I think that we're going to see some some schools start to to really look at their options. Um, Oregon reportedly is already uh, bringing up or. or planning a, a last minute meeting, uh, with its, with its decision makers. So, uh, there's obviously going to be more to this story as it unfolds, but, but really what we look at now is, is the big 12 is going to be sitting at, at 15 teams in 2024 and Colorado is getting a full share uh, of the, uh, new media contract, uh, which is a little over 31 million, which is way better than what they were going to get, uh, with the PAC 12. And, Quite frankly, they're going to be on linear television, which is something that I, I just fail to believe that the Pac-12 is going to be able to offer uh, its schools. So 
Um, this is a really interesting story and is something that, uh, you know, if you've been following uh, our coverage on, on the Pac-12 and, and everything over the last several months, um, it's not really a surprise if you've been following this closely. Um, the the stories out of Pac-12 media uh, ha- have been pretty much just trying to put fires out left and right. But if you look through all of that, uh, through all the nuance and through all of the, the smoke, smoke and mirrors, it was pretty clear that this is where things were headed for the Pac-12 uh, with Colorado potentially jumping and now that they have, uh, other schools looking to to potentially do the same. So at this point, uh, we just sit and wait. We wait for, for an official announcement from the school, and then we wait and see who's next. Uh, could it be Arizona? Could it be it, one of the other uh, four-corner schools? Or do we see a school like Oregon or Oregon State make the jump? Uh, it'll be interesting to watch and a story definitely uh, to be following if you're a fan of college football or, or really any other conference or any other uh, sports for that matter. But as far as, as the Pac-12 goes, while it is still alive, we will cover it as uh, part of the five conferences that we were talking top 10 transfers. Uh, and we're just going to jump right in. The top 10 impact transfers for Pac-12 football in 2023. And the first name on our list is quarterback Shadur Sanders. Uh, that is the son of Coach Prime, Dion Sanders. Uh, and And he comes over from Jackson State to Colorado. Uh, he's listed at 6'2", 215 pounds. He has two years of experience at Jackson State. In those two years, he threw for 6,983 yards and 70 touchdowns to just 14 interceptions. Uh, in 2022, he averaged 289 yards a game, completed 70.5% of his passes for 40 touchdowns and six interceptions. He also added... 174 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Now, this is a guy that was a finalist for the Walter Payton Award, which is essentially the FCS Heisman. And um, this is a guy that that can play at the Pac-12 level. I have no doubt that uh, Shadir Sanders is going to present some issues for Pac-12 defenses. And um, I really like this pickup for Colorado. Now, it's obviously tough to project how well he will do given the talent that's around him. There is better talent at Colorado now than there was when uh, Dion took over, uh, you know, this last winter, but I just don't know how, how good uh, they can be at the top end, but there is no question. They are better at the quarterback position with Shadur Sanders under center. And uh, he's definitely going to be a guy to watch if you follow Pac-12 football. Next guy on our list, another quarterback, DJ Uyangalele from Clemson. He is now at Oregon State, uh, listed at 6'4", 251 pounds. And he's a guy that had three years of experience at Clemson. He he averaged 59% on, on completion rate, which is, is obviously a bit lower than you'd like to see uh, for a guy that was listed as a five-star at a high school. He threw for 5,681 yards over those three years, 36 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. He adds 919 yards on the ground, along with 15 touchdowns rushing. So um, this is a guy who so had some turnover issues uh, and obviously some accuracy issues throwing the ball. Now, statistically, in 2022, he had his best season. He threw for 2,521 yards. 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He adds 551 yards and seven 
uh, of his 15 total career rushing touchdowns in 2022. Uh, so he's got a 29 to seven uh, touchdown to turnover ratio. He completed 61.9% of his passes this year, which is better. Um, and look, this is a, this is a team last year that won 10 games, Oregon state. If you are not aware, finished 10 and three last season. And, uh, I really like where, where they're at in the PAC 12 race this year in a PAC 12, that is going to be extremely entertaining to watch with teams like Oregon, USC and Utah, uh, and Washington for that matter up top. But, but this is a team that I, I wouldn't sleep on. Oregon state is, is certainly uh, good enough to give those teams a run for their money. And, uh, and look, their, their schedule's backloaded. They play Washington and Oregon their last two weeks. So if, uh, if we can see DJ Uyangalule get up to speed uh, and play, play good football, um, if they're playing well by week five when they play Utah, this is a team that could be really, really good. And, and obviously he brings uh, plenty of athleticism to to the table there. So I like this fit, and I think that Oregon State is better uh, better for it. Obviously, this is a guy that uh, you really – you really hope to to bring up the the passing game. Uh, last year, they had Ben Goldbranson, um, who really at the end of the day he, he went seven and one, and you can't really argue that as a quarterback he was successful going seven and one. But uh, he threw for just fourteen hundred fifty five yards, and he had a nine touchdown and five interceptions over that time. So we really we really look. Um, we really look for, for Uyangalele to take over, uh, as the new, as the newcomer, they do have Goldbranson back, but, uh, we, we see Uyangalele as the starter. And I think that they will be better at quarterback because of it. The third name on our list is running back Carson Steele, who is, is transferring in from ball state to UCLA. And his main objective is going to be try and replace Zach Charbonnet, who was, Absolutely terrific uh, last season uh, for UCLA. He ran for almost 1,400 yards, averaged seven yards a carry, and uh, he ended up being a, a second rounder to Seattle. So uh, this is these are big shoes to fill, but uh, still brings in 1,556 yards and 14 touchdowns at Ball State in 2022, uh, and averaged 5.4 yards per carry. So uh, this is a guy that, that you really can look at and and have confidence that he's going to be able to uh, sort of fill in uh, for for what they lost last year, and I look for the I look for this to be a really good fit, and I I'm, I would not be surprised at all if uh, if Steele really has a great year. He's listed at six one, two hundred and twenty five pounds. He's a junior, uh, so he has plenty of experience, and I really like the fit there in in Chip Kelly's offense. So. Uh, don't be surprised if Carson Steele ends up being one of those guys that you're hearing a lot about uh, come October, November. Um, he is going to be a good fit there for UCLA, and I, I like the get for the Bruins. The fourth guy on our list, running back Alton McCaskill. He comes over from Houston to Colorado and is listed at 6'1", 210 pounds. He did not play last year. He missed last year with an injury, uh, was hurt in the spring. But in 2021, as a freshman, he rushed for 961 yards 
averaged 5.1 yards per carry and had 16 touchdowns on the year. Um, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for a true freshman. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pick right back up where he left off. He's a, he's a fantastic athlete. Uh, was a guy was a newcomer uh, of the year in the AAC that season. So uh, I really look for him to be a huge part of what Colorado does. He was expected to be a big part of what Houston was going to do, um, but but transferred in the spring and will certainly be a guy to watch for on that revamped Colorado team um, and help them try and get things going offensively and uh, definitely somebody to watch for. Uh, if you're a Colorado fan, another guy up there in Boulder is wide receiver slash cornerback Travis Hunter. Uh, he comes over from Jackson State, follows Deion Sanders out to Colorado. He's listed at 6'1, 165. This guy was the number one overall player in the class of 2022. He was expected to go to Florida State, shocked the world, went to Jackson State, was one of the biggest stories of the year in college football. As a freshman, he had eight pass, uh, eight PBUs, two interceptions, 19 tackles. One of those interceptions was a 44-yard pick six. He also had 18 receptions for 190 yards and four touchdowns as a wide receiver. Um, this is a guy that's going to be featured on both sides of the ball, and he certainly is. He he comes into um, he comes into the Pac-12 and and outside of uh, maybe. Caleb Williams, uh, he might be one of the better athletes, if not the best athlete in the conference coming in. He, he's that kind of player. He's that kind of athlete. Uh, definitely a guy that's going to have an NFL uh, career after college and and somebody that you can look at and, and really make him a, a key building block for what Colorado is trying to do uh, as they try to turn things around. And let's let's not forget, they were 1-11 last year, and uh, they – they just they've got a lot of things to fix obviously with what is it 70 <laughs> transfers uh they certainly have some new guys in there uh he is definitely going to be one of them that you look at and and if things go right it's going to be because he had a huge impact on what Colorado tries to do every week uh next guy in the list wide receiver Dorian Singer who stays in the Pac-12 he transfers from Arizona to USC um, he's listed at six foot, uh, 180 pounds. He had 66 receptions, 1,105 uh, receiving yards and six touchdowns last year. He was a true deep threat, averaged 16.7 yards per catch uh, in 2022. And uh, this is a guy, obviously, that's going to be playing the Pac-12 in 23. Uh, he will not be in the Pac-12 in 24 as USC makes the push to uh, the Big Ten. But this is a guy that you certainly want to watch for. Uh, had a lot of suitors in the transfer portal, ends up at USC to play there for Lincoln Riley and uh, catch footballs from, from Caleb Williams. So a good fit. And uh, it's going to be a guy that they look, they hope can replace Jordan Addison, who was drafted by the Vikings in the first round uh, in this last NFL draft. So uh, Dorian Singer is a name to watch and a guy to, uh, to remember or check Mark if you are a fan of USC. Let's get over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, with with uh, Jackson, uh, excuse me, with with Travis Hunter, uh, we've got five of each here, and we're going to finish uh, with all defensive uh, guys on this half 
of the podcast. Defensive end Jordan Birch is our first name. Transfers over from South Carolina to Oregon. He is listed at six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Last year at South Carolina, he had sixty total tackles, three and a half sacks, and one fumble recovery. Um, this is a guy that he was a five star in the twenty twenty class, number eight overall player in that class. Uh, and so he's got big expectations, obviously, uh, based on his athleticism and, and what he brings to the table. Uh, and, and look, Oregon has uh, Oregon's got the pieces to be a, a fringe playoff contender this year. They've got Bo Nix back, who put up Marcus Mariota like numbers last year at Oregon, and, and they returned sixteen starters. So um, you throw you throw Jordan Burst there in on the edge, and if he can if he can improve on his numbers last year just slightly uh this defense should be really good and, and obviously with Dan Lanning there uh, i expect it to be so big get for Oregon obviously one of the uh, one of the top transfers coming into the back 12 this year and somebody to watch for uh for the ducks defensive lineman bear alexander uh what a name first of all uh bear alexander won a national championship in 2022 with the Georgia Bulldogs, and uh, he didn't play a huge role for the Bulldogs. He was a, a member of the 2022 class, so uh, still has a lot of youth. Nine tackles, two sacks, two passes deflected in 2022. Uh, former four-star guy, number 15 overall defensive lineman in 2022, uh, and he's listed at 6'3", 305. Um, and so this is somebody that obviously is going to be playing on the interior of the defensive line for USC, and they hope to be better against the run, and, and he's certainly a guy that can help you with that. So um, Alexander is one of two big-time defensive linemen that uh, USC landed this uh, offseason, the second being Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M. He had 10 tackles on the year, listed at 6'5", 295. Uh, and this guy was a five-star recruit in the 2022 class. Uh, number eight overall defensive lineman, number 32 overall player in the class, according to 247. And uh, you you add two guys like Alexander and Lucas to the defensive line, and I really do feel that USC has the potential to be better there. Um, Alex Grinch should have things looking a lot better in the second year uh, of that system out there, and I think these two guys are going to play a big role in that. And then finally, our last guy on the list, linebacker, Mason Cobb, who goes to USC from Oklahoma State. He is listed at six foot, 230 pounds, had just under 100 tackles last season in Stillwater, had 96 total tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble, one interception, and one pass breakup last year with the Cowboys. So they're obviously expecting a lot from him um, and expecting him to be a leader in that unit. Uh, going into a year where they hope that they can match the output that Caleb Williams has offensively as USC tries to break through and get to the college football playoff for the first time. That's going to do it for here uh, for us here tonight. We thank you guys so much for joining us. We appreciate you tuning into the podcast every week. And remember, if you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And uh, take a picture and send that screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and he will get you one of these nice uh, Heartland College Sports koozies. I'm holding one right now. Uh, You'll really like it. It's a great quality koozie. Um, If you send him a screenshot, he'll send you one of those out in the mail, and uh, we promise you'll like it. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.